Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Like Pastor Tony said, not easy for everyone today like today. But today's a day where we choose to honour dads and we choose to love our dads and, and, and in all the goodness and failings we choose to forgive, love and, and celebrate and of course with our Heavenly Father and I love hearing that story about Stephen protecting Pastor Tony running down the street after them. It's happened many times where Pastor Tony's come into my office and uh, said Pastor Greg was teasing him and uh, throwing stones and I've had to chase Pastor Greg, say cut it out you lunatic. Uh, it is a good day. You guys, fathers, get your presents, get some good presents. I got, I got the most wonderful pair of slippers. Can you believe it? It's my first pair of slippers in my life. I've never had, I've, yeah, yeah, I've never, I'd made a decision. Earlier in life, I was never gonna, I don't sleep in pajamas. I've got no flannels. I've just wear some shorts, some old basketball shorts. I don't have a dressing gown and don't want a dressing gown. And I never knew I wanted slippers until I got them today, which is the best. It just feels like I'm getting older, which is what I'm avoiding. Because I'm, I'm 41 now. I, I was pumped about turning 40. And as soon as I turned 41 last month, I was like, I'm on the downhill slope to 50. So, which is where you start living, I hear. So everyone 50 and above, we're with you. God bless, still love us. Uh, but today's a good day. Today's a good day. And, uh, you know, dads, one thing I've realised is more than anything for your kids today, they just want you to be present where you can. And sometimes relationally, uh, even locationally, that's, that's pretty hard. But just be there and for all the kids and say, today, just love you, dad. That's what we're called to do. And not every dad's perfect, but where you can, just love them. And, and uh, today we want to celebrate, of course, God the Father. Amen. Uh, you know, Jesus... When Jesus was on the earth, between the books, the Gospels, between Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and then just the beginning of the book of Acts, we see Jesus refer to the Father 213 times. 213 times Jesus refers to the Father. Do you know that's more than double the number of times He referred to the Kingdom of God, which is what He was here to establish? You see, why does He do this? Because the point of God being the Father mattered to Jesus. And we might be here today saying we've heard about the Father or classic Josh gets to Father's Day and we're going to talk about God the Father. But I think it matters that we do because we get so familiar with something we were never meant to just refer to and overlook, but instead see the value that Jesus placed on who the Father was to Him and who the Father is meant to be to us. Jesus wanted us to see Him as Father, to pray to Him as Father, to talk to Him as Father, to seem different to how we see our dads. And we love our dads, but sometimes, you know, dads get given a hard time in movies and in real life because, you know, dads put their foot in it a lot. Dads make a lot of mistakes. Dads sometimes aren't emotionally intelligent. You know, there's a lot of, come on, is there any dad that's had some good dad fails out there? I'm the guy, look at, look at you all. Like, no one's telling the truth. Who's had a good dad fail? I tell you, I've had, I've had many. I've had many. You know, when my, when my boy was about four years old, my oldest, Jackson, I took him on a trampoline. And he said, Dad, bounce me higher. 
So I double bounced him and I broke his leg. And I I regret it because we could have got higher. (laughs) And we look back and we're working at it. No, I I do. Like, you know, um, we had at that point, we had a one month old. Our second was born. It was one month old. And then we had to go to hospital with a one-month-old, which is hard enough, and now a boy with a potential broken leg. And soon Jack's in heaps of pain until we get to the hospital, and then the nurse says, does it hurt? And he's like, nah. I'm like, oh, be, be true. So we get a scan, and I remember when the nurse came and said, Jackson, you've broken your leg. And he's like, oh, I broke my leg. <laughs> and then I heard Shana say, you broke his leg. And there was an emphasis on the you. <laughs> I've forgotten my son before when I came to church once. We left home and I was preaching, so I was, I was occupied on preaching for you. And, uh, and we get around the corner and my little boy's like, Jackson's not here. And I'm like, he was little. And, and he'd been sucking back on helium. And... And I thought he was joking. I thought Jack had snuck behind my seat. And I said, Jack, get back in your seat and put the seatbelt on. And he's like, not answering. I said, Jackson, put your seatbelt on. And my youngest again is like, he's not here. I turn around. I'm like, oh, my gosh, bad dad. So we raced back and Jackson had found the spare key hidden at the front and was making his way inside to get back in. By the way, for anyone that has a history of theft, it's no longer there, the key, all right? Just so... uh, um, uh, when, when, when Jack was born, it's all about his Jack stories. Uh, anyway, he's getting help from Anna Villani. Uh, when he was about three months old or so, I had to go to America for two weeks. And um, we just, he came like 11, 12, 13 days late. So I, you know, I'd planned the trip, but it's his fault because he came late. And um, so I had to go. And Shans wasn't pumped that I was leaving that early to go to America. And about a week in, it wasn't far from coming home, she sent me a photo of this beautiful newborn baby. And I'm like, oh, I love him and I miss him so much. And she texts back saying, that's not your son, that's your niece, that my sister just had a little girl. Uh, You don't even know your children. So I stayed in America for another month. Safer. This week, this week, this last week at school was the week that, like, you know, Nine out of 10 parents dread and one out of 10 parent loves because you're creative and live through your kids. It's book week. Who hates book week? Like, is that not the worst idea? Who's sick of seeing other kids' pictures from book week? So you didn't see my kids' pictures on book week because we forgot book week was on. Because it was like BU type and, you know, we focused on on you And, and... and the way we found out is we drive in and there's a long line up to school to pick up my kids. And I'm in the lineup to go pick up my kids and a kid walks out in a costume and I'm like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> and then another kid, another kid. And, then I, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. And I pick up and I get to the line and I'm hoping there's heaps of bad parents. But it's only Jack in his school uniform. And he gets in the car and I'm like, sorry, Jack. And he's like, you could have at least sent me my sport uniform. So I wore sneakers 
Felt pretty bad until the next day I talked to Pastor Mark Evans and I told him like my dad failed and he's like, you think that's bad? Last week it was PJ day at school so I sent my boy Judah to school in his PJs just to find out it wasn't actually PJ day. It was a normal day. And I'm like, you're a loser, man. Just pushed him down. Bibles, Bibles, Bibles filled with dad fails. Filled with them. There's Noah. Noah did a pretty good job but then he has this fail where, you know, he gets... Drunk and sleeps naked in a tent and forgets to shut the tent. And everyone sees. It's pretty gross. There's Abraham, had his son Ishmael, didn't like him as much as his other son, sent him into the desert with his mum to just stop the family conflict that was going on, not deal with the conflict, send him into the desert. There's Jesse, God's man, turns up, says one of your kids are going to be king. He invites all of the kids except for the actual one that's going to be king, left him looking after the sheep, didn't even think to bother to invite him. Then there's Joseph. Joseph makes me feel better. He lost God for three days. I reckon that's pretty bad. I mean, if you're given God's son, at least when you're going on a road trip, make sure he's in the camel. Like, you know, and he forgets him, but not for like an hour. Like, I forgot. You judged me forgetting my kid for two blocks. He forgot him for three days. And, and we're like, what a great dad. But, but dads make mistakes. We all make mistakes. I mean, Pastor John, have you ever made a mistake before as a dad? No, he's a perfect, yeah, good job, Naomi. John, come on, surely there's a dad fail on your behalf somewhere. You just have to open your mouth when you make a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like you're all girls in your house. That's it, I'll just stand and I'll make a mistake. Yeah. Especially oh, yeah. sitting now. Come on. You sit when you eat, not that's, when you stand. That's you why eat. you lost the hair. That's right, they pulled it all out. <laughs> <laughs> what oh. tell us, mate? Help me feel better. Do you really want me to help you? Yeah. <laughs> well, look, the other day, we got this animal, well, sorry, a dog. Oh, <laughs> oh flipping dogs. A dog, dog. Who loves dogs? Sorry, this is nothing. Nah. My kids love the dog. My wife, I reckon, loves the dog more than she loves me, and I realise it yeah. because it's sitting on her lap all the time. And uh, anyway, she said, John, look, i got to go out. The girls are out. Can you please look after the dog? What do you look after? Just shut the door when you go, yeah. lock the gate. They're not, not going to go anywhere. No problem. Me and the dog, we're all right. As long as he's down there and I'm down here. Or I had, the, uh, I had a, uh, a tradesman come and he came down the side gate. So I opened up the gate, opened it up, and, uh, and then you can't get to out the house unless you come through the side door. So there's, a, there's another door. So, so I showed him and the dog went crazy when he saw this tradesman. He said, God, get down. I said, I know, I know the feeling. Anyway, I said, go back and do what you have to do. Sniffle around, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I showed the tradesman for so about half an hour, 45 minutes. We do what we have to do. I said, have you seen the animal? Have you seen that dog? <laughs> I'm looking everywhere. Oh, My okay. heart starts pounding. Yeah. I said, I oh, know, he's probably under the weed. I'm looking everywhere, calling that dog. Next minute, my heart is going heart strong. I said, oh, no, this is it. Do I live to see another day? <laughs> I said... God, please help me. <laughs> Where is that animal? Where is that thing? <laughs> I said, it must have gone out. I said to the tradesman, have you seen that dog, the animal, mate, that loved you? I haven't seen it. I'm doing my job. <laughs> I run out the side. I get in the car. I said, Lord, please help me. Help me. Thank God. I turn the corner. There's that animal sniffing some grass. Oh, there I you go. I beat a park and I bring it home and I live to tell this story. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> We're grateful, John.
Hey, thanks, Perfect Dad. Tell us about your dad failing. He tells me about how he's a bad pet owner. Fantastic. That's a way to deflect and not really reveal, you know, look at you go, super. I've lost my dog several times. I lock the door, say, Lord, you will be done. And then he comes back. Like, I commit him to the Lord. Tell my kids, literally last night, I offered my kids 500 bucks each if they let me get rid of the dog. One, one kid said, one kid straight away said, can I buy a computer? I said, done. And the other kid said, you can't give me enough money in the world. So I got rid of the second kid <laughs> and the dog. Hey, but on the side, you know what? Dad's unperfect. Just encouragement. And I, and I don't pretend to stand in everyone's shoes and go through what you go. Hey, for, if, big or small, forgive your dads. If even just for you. You know, God's so good, he forgave us for all of our shortcomings. You know, some, even if this is anything in there that's not resolved, forgive. My dad wasn't a perfect dad, but I reckon my dad was a pretty great dad. I was just thinking of one story um, on, the way, on the way here. And, and I remember when I was a kid and we went on an excursion to Mobry. It wasn't a great excursion. And uh, not that there's anything wrong with Mobry, but you know, anyway. And, uh, and I remember we went to afterwards to Civic Park there in, in, in opposite Tea Tree Plaza. And, uh, and we had lunch and, I, and everyone opened their bag for lunch and I opened my bag and there was no lunch there. And, uh, and so, you know, I remember within two minutes of thinking, that's okay, neglected. And, uh, and my dad was a police officer and over the hill, the mound in the middle of Civic Park, my dad drove on the grass in his police car with his lights going and drove literally across Civic Park over to where the kids are as he pulled up, did a big on his car, like Alice at a dance concert, and uh, with a siren, pulled down his window and gave me a cheeseburger and an iced coffee. Now, here in 2022, we're thinking, who gives a kid an iced coffee? It was the 80s. It's what we did. But I remember, and I, and I literally, and then he did up his window, whoop, whoop, and drove off again. And I just think, remember thinking, pretty sweet move, Dad. That's pretty cool. It's pretty popular. Uh, I'm not a perfect dad. But I reckon I'm a, I'm a good one. Like, I, I, I love my boys, Mum. Uh, I, I bring my boys up in church. Uh, uh, I work hard for them. Uh, I coach their basketball teams. I teach them the important things, like 90s rock bands and early 2000s house music. Uh, uh, and, and I try to do my best. And this is what I hope today. And I want you to catch this, because these two things are different and they matter. I hope that my boys see some of God's goodness in me but I also hope my boys don't compare God the Father to me. Let me say it again, because this, this difference matters because we often look at this the wrong way. And this is, this is a, you can only look at this one way. It doesn't work both ways. I hope my boys see some of God's goodness in me, but I hope my boys don't compare God the Father to me. See, we get this the wrong way around. We compare God to our fathers and you can't. You can't. But you can somehow see a glimpse of God in our good fathers. But don't compare Him to us. We can be seen in Him, but He can't be compared to us because He is just so much more infinitely greater than we are. You see, God is not just a father, 
He is the Father. And my heavenly Father is nothing like my earthly Father, but my earthly Father is a little like my heavenly Father. Are you, are you with me today? Let me say it this way if you're confused. I, we love basketball in our house and I always grew up playing basketball. And, um, and, and I used to, my, my idol growing up was Michael Jordan and, and, and I loved him. And, and uh, so I would practice his moves. So if you were to watch me playing basketball, I would stick out my tongue and maybe gooseneck a little bit like Michael Jordan. And you would watch me and say, oh, Josh is a little bit like Jordan. Well, well, I would say that. Not many people said it because I think they were thinking it and in awe. But I would say I was a little bit like Michael Jordan. But no one has ever said, hey, Michael Jordan, you're a little bit like Josh. See, it only works one way. And it's the same with God, but even more so. When you look at me, I hope you see a little bit of God in my fathering, but you can't look at God the Father and compare Him to me. You see, He is the best version of the Father. He is not only the OG of fathers, He is the one of one. And we can't compare God, don't compare. I'm asking you today, don't compare God to your fathers, but rather at their very best, our fathers have some resemblance of God. It's important we talk about this today because Jesus focused on this and used deliberate language so much because He wanted you to see the truest version of the Father. You see, there are small differences between a bad dad and an average dad. And there are small differences between an average dad and a good dad. But the difference between the best dad and our Father in heaven is infinite. They cannot even be compared. You see, your Father in heaven has none of the sins of your dad. He has none of the limitations of your earthly father. He has none of the issues of your dad. He has none of the hang-ups of your dad. He has none of the bad jokes, irritable bowel movements, poor timing or memory loss that your dad has. And it is. Jesus wants us to know your Father is perfect. Your Father is present. Your Father is your protector. They're all peace. Your Father is a provider. Your Father is predictable. Your Father is perfect. See, I as a dad, I get irritable. I get busy. I get bored and I get selfish. And I won't lie, I love nothing more than talking to my boys, but we drove back from Victor Harbour last night and I don't think they, for the entire hour, 22 minutes, they asked Shana a question. Every second it was, Dad, Dad, hey, Dad, Dad, hey, Dad, Dad, and nonstop the entire way. And all I wanted to do was, was listen to the football on the way out and it just getting louder and louder because my boy's like, Dad, hey, hey, Dad, Dad, hey, Dad, hey, Dad, hey, Dad, and I'm like, yes, Boys, yes, boys, yes, boys. But say, your Father in heaven has never gotten irritated by you, ever. He is, got to understand this, He is not like your earthly, earthly Father. You can't compare Him. He is never too busy for you. He is never bored with you. 
There is never a moment He has withheld from you. He has never gotten sick of you calling His name. Dad, Dad, Dad. There is nothing more important to Him than you. It may not seem incredibly deep, but the problem is it's incredibly powerful when you stop and realise maybe he's different to how I often perceive him to be. Maybe you lost your dad in the last season. Maybe your dad walked out on you. Maybe your dad was there for you. And while in your dad's best version of themselves, or you as a dad in your best version of yourself may somewhat resemble your father in heaven, your father in heaven does not resemble your dad. He's just so much infinitely greater. Your Father in heaven never walked out on you. Instead, He came looking for you. Your Father in heaven never abused you. Instead, He took the abuse for you and was pierced for my sin. He has ne- Understand this, your Father in heaven has never been angry at you, but instead has grace that is sufficient for you. Your Father has never neglected you, But instead, he knows what you need and he meets them with his glorious riches. Understand this, please, today. Because you may go, no, but you don't understand. He he must have. He's different. Your Father in heaven has never been disappointed in you. Catch that for a moment. Your Father in heaven has never been disappointed in you. Instead, he delights in you. Your father, get this, this is, this is so profound when we stop and pray and sit and be in this posture. Your father in heaven has never loved you based on your behaviour. His love is not conditional. He loves you even at your worst. So Jesus wants to make a point about how you go to the father and how you see and try to capture and get a hold of some of what your Father has for you. I imagine as Jesus is here on earth, He looks at the disciples and goes, you you haven't even tapped into these glorious riches. You don't even know how much He has for you and what He has for you. So He says this incredible thing in Matthew chapter 7, as He tries to describe His Father. He can't do it without describing who we are. And He says this, He says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? So it starts there and He, and he starts, catch this, Jesus who loves you, Jesus who is willing to give His life for you, Jesus who came for you. As He goes to talk to us, He starts by calling us evil. Is He cruel? No, he's just trying to make a point. He's not comparing a literal evil person compared to another person, but rather he's comparing us to God. And when it comes to comparing us to God, he's not making a point how bad you are. He's trying to make a point how good the Father is. You see, the best dad on earth is evil compared to how good our Heavenly Father is. If you were to look through all of history and all of mankind and do a study and research and point out the most perfect father, the most perfect father on earth is utterly imperfect compared to our heavenly father. He's trying to get us to capture this and go, but we're, but we're not 
evil intently. We're not evil in nature. We are broken. We are lost. But compared to the Father, we can't even compare. So the word he uses is here to make a point because he knew that there would be people all around that have fathers that passed on, hit on, moved on, had their mood on. And also he's saying that with all of that, that's not like your father. Your father in heaven is absolutely good. And he is not your stepfather. He is not your step-in father. He is not your stand-in father. He is not your weird uncle. He is saying he is your good father and He is so good for you. And then he goes on and says, well, out of this, how much more? Everyone say more. And that can come down. He says, how much more? Or other versions say, how much more ready? How much more ready is He willing to give you wonderful gifts, generous gifts, glorious gifts? How ready is He? How willing is He? I mean, if I'm honest, There are times where my kids get what they deserve and where they behave in a certain way where they do get what they deserve. Or when I'm moody or tired or preoccupied. I mean, it's like I don't get to sit much anymore and watch sport, but the moment I get to sit for 10 minutes, it's like there's a life presentation or a new idea that they want to come and discuss. And, 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 I'll, and I'll answer them in a way or Shans will say, don't bother Dad now, he's busy. Or leave Dad alone, he's tired. And I might say, boys, not now. Or, or just answer them in a way to just get it over with. And this is me in my imperfection. But let me tell you, your Father in heaven is nothing like that. He is not distracted. He is not too preoccupied. There isn't something greater that He needs to attend to or wants to attend to than you. What Jesus is saying, He is there waiting. Like my kids that are often waiting, wanting, willing to talk to me as the Father. It's the reverse with the Father. The Father is looking, waiting, willing, saying, come to me, I've got good for You, He wants to give you good. You've got to understand, the Father is always ready. So when is the right time to go to the Father? Now. It's always now because He is always, not when you're better, not when circumstances are better, not when you've read Scripture for three days in a row so you feel better. No, the moment to go to the Father is now because the Father delights in you equally yesterday, today and forever, not based on behaviour, not based on character, not based on anything else except for His goodness that is never changing. And He says, Jesus says, He wants to give you good gifts. Everyone say, good gifts. This is His blessing. This is His kindness. This is His protection. This is His favour. But even more so, more than what He can do for you, what the Father wants is to be with you. The Father wants to sit with you. The Father stands with you and walks with you and goes with you. James says it this way. I love how James says it. We'll put it on the screen. He says, read read, read this with me. Every good gift and every perfect gift. Now wait, I wonder why He says every good gift and every perfect gift. I think the good gifts that God has for us are those things we need, His protection, His provision, His will, His favour, His blessing. 
but there is only one that is perfect. I think the greatest gift that God gives you, He answers your need, He meets your needs, He answers your prayers, He hears your desires, but the perfect gift from above is Him. If there is any perfect gift you need in your life, there is only one that is perfect and that is Jesus. That is your Father in heaven. That is the Lord your God. And I believe that God doesn't wanna just give you stuff. God wants to spend time with you coming down from the Father of lights of whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. He does not change. His perfect person wants to be with you. When was the last time you sat and just recognised the goodness of God? Not just what, how God answered your prayers and maybe the keys can come. Maybe not just what God did for you in response of what you did for Him, but when was the last time you just stopped and looked at your life and just recognised that God is good and that He gives good to me and that He is good for me? Stop taking our eyes off how we're not good. The point of Jesus talking here is not to point to our evilness, but to rather point to God's goodness. And then when we see ourselves in the way that God sees us, we can change and we can grow, but not based on who we're not, but rather based on who He is. I remember when I was little again, my firstborn, you learn a lot with your firstborns. And I remember I'd come home from work and as I walked around the house, I was still working and I remember being on my phone. And I remember talking and I see my boy wanna play with me, talk with me, be with me. And I remember just giving the finger, like just, I'll just be a minute and I kept on talking. Well, after probably doing this a number of days, who knows how many, I remember seeing my boy get a little car and he would walk with me pretending his car was his phone. And I literally remember watching him go, yeah, mate. Yeah, cool. That's great. That's great, bro. That's great, bro. I remember him literally going, that's great, bro. And I just sounding like his dad. And I thought, at first I thought, that's cool. Like, you know, the greatest compliment is when someone imitates you, right? He wants to be like his dad. And then the penny dropped. It wasn't that he wanted to be like his dad. He wanted to be with his dad. And it was there I realised oh, I'm never doing this again. And to this day, I don't pull in my driveway till I finish on the phone. So when I walk in the house, my phone goes down because my boys need a present dad. You see, heaven looks towards you. Your father in heaven looks to you in the same way, but even greater. And then my son looked to me. And the relationship somewhat reverses with your father is saying, would you be with me? Would you talk with me? Would you sit with me? Would you wait with me? Let me tell you, your father in heaven is different to any other understanding of what you have in your earthly father. As good or poor as he may be or you may be, your heavenly father sees you hears you, knows you, and is wanting to give good things to you. He wants to be with you. And today, this simple but incredibly powerful reminder that Jesus highlights over and over and over again in recorded Scripture is the Father is your Father. So there's so many references, I can't refer to them all, but a couple that matter. Because we often recognise and we should and we love and we should and we worship and we should Jesus. I mean, the promise is by God's selection, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that 
Jesus is Lord. And we love that Jesus came to save us and we say things like, He is the way, the truth and the life and that is true. But then we finish the sentence, but Jesus didn't finish it there. When we read this in Matthew, sorry, in John 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. But what does He then say? No one comes to the Father except through me. We think Jesus was just the way to salvation and He was. And we think Jesus was the way to forgiveness and He is. And we think Jesus is the way to peace and that's true. But Jesus is making a point. I am not just an escape from hell, but I came so that you could be connected with the Father, that the greatest answer isn't just that you are rescued and it's not just peace here on earth. He says, the greatest gift that I can give you, the pathway that I am, the answer I am is to connect you to the One that is greater than you could ever imagine, that is more loving and kind and generous and present than any person you've ever experienced on earth. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life to the Father. And if you love me and if you know me, you know the Father too. I am just a reflection of Him. You, should ne- you just look at Jesus and you never get the idea that Jesus was looking over His shoulder wondering if He was being judged by the Father. You never see Him go into a situation and wonder if the Father would meet His need. You never see Him pray and question whether the Father is listening. And this is the gift He gives us. He says, that's not just my relationship with the Father. But He, but he finishes this with, and we see Matthew 7, 11, that if you who are evil give good, good gifts to your children, how much even more will your Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? He says, you never have seen me looking over my shoulder. You've never felt me, seen me feel judged. You've never seen me question whether God will provide. So then he switches this and he says in, in Matthew 6, he says, when you pray, say this, say, our Father. He says, He's not just mine, He's yours. And it's not just my relationship, it's yours. And that when you see your Father, don't see Him like you see your earthly Father. Although we hope in our earthly fathers, we see a glimpse of how good our heavenly Father is, but your heavenly Father can't be compared to in the reverse to your earthly fathers. He's infinitely more good and wonderful and present and generous. So He says, that Father, when you pray, say, our Father. He says right at the beginning, don't do what Josh often does and say, Dear God, He says, say, our Father. Position yourself in a way that remembers that your Father is listening. Your Father in heaven is pleased. Your Father in heaven is present. Simply this today, what if this week when we sat with God and spent time with God, it wasn't about ticking a box or doing our religious duty or just praying through the list, but what if we saw Him like Jesus saw Him? What if we remembered He was your Father too? What if we sat with Him like that and trusted Him like that and knew Him like that and talked to Him like that? Maybe the key to miracles is not just how we ask, but to who we ask and understanding the one that we ask, how He sees us. Maybe the answer to hope and knowing Jesus is actually found through knowing the Father. You see, we have a wonderful Saviour in Jesus and we have an almighty power in the Holy Spirit. 
but we also have a good Father that is far beyond any imagination or experience. And Jesus, Jesus invites you to sit with Him, to go to Him and to ask of Him because He has good for you and He is good for you. Amen. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past, and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did, and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, Thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what, the past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward, and I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer, or you wanna know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.